Hi everyone, it's Carrie popping in really quick to give a quick content warning for today's episode. Um, we hit some pretty heavy subjects such as suicide, suicidal ideation, depression, anxiety, Alzheimer's, um, parent-child relationships, and kind of seeing the general suffering of people we love. So um, on a personal note, I'd just like to say that if you are struggling with anything or if you, um, you know, the holiday season's fast approaching and it's so hard on so many of us, um, know that you're not alone. A lot of us suffer along with you. And if anything, misery loves company. But um, your darkest days are not as dark as they sometimes feel. So please uh, reach out to somebody. Hell, reach out to us. Um, we're always here to listen. So we hope you're all doing well and uh, enjoying your days as best as you can, and uh, hope you like the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Comic Deserve Better podcast, where we talk everything we can about indie comics and whatnot. What is whatnot? Stick around and find out. So with me, as always, Carrie. Hi. And Richard. Hi. Hope you guys are doing well. Not like that we were just talking a minute ago off of recording, but... <laughs> I'm very <laughs> devastated because there was no red wave. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, think so, I think someone called someone called it losers. The, someone called it the pink mist, which I think is like the perfect. <laughs> it might not even be a mist. It might be a, more of a spritzing. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> so, um, well, actually, kind of has to do with the, with uh, all of that. Um, I was just wondering if you guys have like an over under day, like basically your estimated day, or let's say months. How many months is it going to take for Twitter to fully collapse if it's going to collapse at all? Oh, it's going to collapse uh, before the end of this month if it's going to collapse. Yeah, I feel like if it survives this initial like salvo of incompetence, then it'll survive. But like, yeah, if it doesn't collapse like fairly soon, then like it'll still be around. Oh, you, yeah. And I was thinking like because like Facebook is still around and like Facebook has definitely gone through a few things like this. You know? Yeah, but even though I think Zuckerberg seems like an absolute douchebag, um, he's not so blatant and so public with his douchebaggery yeah. like Elon Musk no, no, no. has become. Uh, there's a difference. I think Zuckerberg, whatever you think of him personally, I do think he's smart. Whereas yes. Elon Musk, I do not think is smart. No. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. I remember. So when like, you... yeah, when Facebook fucks up, it, it's like it's it's mis it's legitimate mistakes. But like, like this is like you know, if you let Donald Trump run Twitter, it's like, hey, this narcissist that doesn't know how this business is supposed to work is fucking it up. Yeah, exactly. I remember when Elon Musk was like, was like compared to um, Lex Luthor a lot. You know, like, oh, he's like a real life Lex Luthor. It's like, well, no, he's not really a real life Lex. Luthor. That's an insult to Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like, sorry, Mister Luthor, we won't we won't be smooch your name anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, but like I, mean, I do feel like I like uh, my uh, in politics they always say this thing about like oh 
Like they're, you know, when someone gets this stuff done and it's like, you're the dog that caught the car. And now that you've caught the car, you have no idea what the fuck to do with it. Cause you're yeah. a dog. Mm-hmm. That's what we're dealing with Elon Musk. It's like, you had no business buying Twitter. You kind of would just, you know, yeah. trolling it looks like. And now that you finally got it, you don't know how any of this works or what to do with it. Should have used a fraction of that amount that you uh, paid for Twitter to uh, solve world hunger like you promised a few years ago instead. Um, but here we I are. I don't need him to do that. You could just fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. My whole At thing this is point. this. If I was that rich, I would just fuck off. It'd be yeah. hanging out, having a good time, beautiful women, doing naughty things. And me just fucking off. You wouldn't hear from me. I don't need. I don't need to be famous. I have a shitload of money, and I'm just yeah. gonna fuck off and have fun. That's I don't absolutely. understand what's wrong with these people that yeah. they have no interest in like just fucking off and having fun. <laughs> it's this big thing called the ego. I would either have like such an elaborate house with like high end escorts and cocaine. <laughs> or I'd have a ranch out in Wyoming with nothing but animals. I'd have one extreme or the other yeah. if I was like a mega millionaire. But yeah, just fuck it off and yeah. life. Like I don't like if I'm Elon Musk, I'll just say if I just want to like give empathy to him, the human being. Like you have all this money and you're de- this is what you're dealing with. Like your your day to day is this Twitter nonsense and everyone telling you you're a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Why would you want that for yourself? <laughs> I don't yeah. get it. Like no, I don't exactly get the Trump thing either. I guess the Trump thing is more like he's also trying to like be like be president to stay out of prison. So I guess I get that part. But also like we already know that you pay for sex. Like you could be fucking porn stars right now. Why are you here bothering yeah. the rest of us? I don't yeah. understand. Leave us alone, sure. please. Me, me personally, I would have two homes: one in the northern hemisphere and one in the southern hemisphere, and I would basically perpetually enjoy fall and winter. For the rest of my life, <laughs> that's that's what I would I I'd move every six months to the other house and just go through fall and you winter know, and then do fall and winter again. You could be in Chile mm-hmm. in July and do winter with penguins in Chile. That would be awesome. Oh, that's man. what you should be doing. That would be awesome. And the thing is that it would be winter in July. See how but can with you, penguins? How can you deny a penguin army? You know, like why why buy Twitter when you can have a penguin army? There I would much rather spend time with penguins. <laughs> yeah. right. I did see a tweet the other day. Um, I don't know who tweeted it, but they were just like, So what's the point of penguins? Is that like just God doing something nice for us? And like, hey, aren't these neat? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're like a fish. Just like, yeah, they bird. don't really serve a purpose. They're just no. kind of awesome looking. Yeah. Exactly. And they do cool things. They wander around and they have a cool like family dynamic too, you know? Like it's yeah, they're they're pretty lovable. If you don't like the only penguins, thing the only bad thing, <laughs> have you ever been around penguins? Um do they smell? Yeah, they smell like ass. I mean all I they do is feeling. eat fish all day. Yeah. Yeah, they smell feeling. like shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the old that's the only downside. But other Aww. than that, they are freaking magnificent. But yeah, if you have all that money, like I always think to myself, like you know, I live. I live in Miami. Work on Miami Beach. It's like, oh, I would wake up every day. I would just go out on the boat and just enjoy the beautiful scenery in this paradise that I live. Mm-hmm. And like somebody, you know, some beautiful young lady would blow me, and then we'd have a nice <laughs> lunch together. Wow. Because <laughs> why not? 
Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Hey, you want to go have sex on a beautiful boat and then go have an amazing lunch at one of the amazing restaurants on Miami Beach? That sounds like a great way to spend your day. Not fucking up Twitter. <laughs> but you need to buy her then like a water pick and a quip toothbrush because she can't blow you and then eat. Because then her because then her food will taste like dick. Or come. <laughs> she needs to have like a clean palate. I think this is the early. I mean, sure. Palette. I mean, there will be toothbrushes and paste and yeah, water picks a, available for all. You know what? That's that's um what I focused on in that sentence. Sorry. We've like hit- that really bothered me. <laughs> I'm glad that we've hit our explicit rating uh there, you as go. Early that's as as Mark there we go. Our quota, our quota I, for today. But I yeah, like I just I, I I can't understand just not in like life is so hard for everybody, no mm-hmm. matter how much like your economic status, whatever, like every life has all these stresses. And I couldn't imagine having that much financial security and like yeah. adding new stresses to my life when I could just be like enjoying life. Yeah, I know you're absolutely right. Yeah. But I, I think be... that... no, go ahead. Go ahead. Please. Oh, oh I, all I was going to say was that I think that's a good like kind of life mantra for everybody. Yeah. You know, regardless of your, of your, you know, socioeconomic situation, it's just, it just enjoy, you know, you do you like enjoy your yeah. own life. Don't add to the stressors that you're already going to face. Yeah. Exactly. Or, or if anything, if you want to add stressors, be Nick Cannon, just have children that you can financially support with a plethora of beautiful women. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's not the best thing that you could do with your time, but it's far from the worst. Is he on baby number 10? Because he's having I think third. I read 11. It's 11 oh, now? Wow. I mean, like... I don't really follow these things. I just know it's a lot, but I think I read yeah. 11 like God, on Twitter. God bless him. He can afford him, so that's great. Right. Yeah, he's, he's wonderful. He's got an entire either offense or defense of a football team. <laughs> he's there's a movie going around that says like how everybody will look by you know 2044 and it's just various versions of nick cannon (laughs) yes i saw it awesome (laughs) Um, all right well thank you for indulging me there um so i guess we'll go ahead and get started we actually don't have a diy corner like usual but we do have a little bit of somber news uh we actually meant to talk about two of these uh, passings last week, but we we missed it uh, accidentally, and then a third one happened last week. So we actually have three unfortunate, pe- very prominent people in in the world of comics uh, have passed away in the last couple of weeks, and that's uh, Carlos Pacheco, Kevin O'Neill, and and of course Kevin Conroy. And so, just you know, um, you know Kevin O'Neill. I mean, that was from hell. I'm sorry, not from hell, from um, the um, League of Extraordinary, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Gentlemen. And that, once again, is one of those like those books that might not have technically been an indie comic, but basically might as well have been. And like, it's not an indie book. I, I, I th- is America's Best, which is um, which I, was you know owned what it by. Is? I believe it is technically an indie book because I think it was America's Best that was part of Wildstorm. Yes, and it started when Wildstorm and America's Best were independent, and then okay. it finishes after DC buys Wildstorm. Huh. Yes, okay. If I'm remembering so, the timeline, but but, regar- but regardless of that status, I mean that that's one of those books that really kind of has 
helped shape what indie books are nowadays. I mean, yeah. that's, oh, absolutely. No, I was I was actually considering because I've never read it, so I was thinking maybe we'll do it for an episode. We could, yeah, that would be great. And um, I mean, and Carlos Pacheco, I mean, he did mostly big two stuff, but just you know, you know, he basically named the character and he he did it for a while, you know. I love, so, love, love Carlos Pacheco. Like he was an X Men artist when I first got into mm-hmm. the comics. Like you know, maybe maybe the first couple of years I was reading books. Um, when I got heavy into DC, he did uh, a few arcs on the Jeff Johns uh, Green Lantern run, which is one of my favorite books of all time. He did some yes. work for on Superman that I really enjoyed, but just a solid artist. Like I would say never my favorite artist, but like there's no I I, I challenge you to go find bad Carlos Pacheco art out there. Mm-hmm. It's always yeah. it's always of a certain, you know, level and quality and that yeah. quality is super high. Yeah, it's a name you can bank on. I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, like yeah, the the stuff with Jeff Johns, I mean yeah, you just talked about the, the Green Lantern stuff and I was pretty amazing um that that entire series i think um, they have a uh, a saying in a wrestling like a good hand like there's certain people that like yeah they're they're not going to be world champion they're not going to be the wwe champion yeah. but if you just need someone to wrestle a great match at a moment's notice yeah they're always there for you and that's the type of nice. artist that carlos pacheco was kind of like a utility nice. player almost you exactly know? Like, yeah like not 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 your all-star every time but like yeah you're you you're gonna you're guaranteed to get good work Cool. And then last, uh, but definitely not least, um, Kevin Conroy, um, the you know the voice, the Batman, and the definitive know. Batman. No one's yeah. ever pay- played the role better. I yeah. mean that. I mean that's everyone's like, oh, who's your favorite Batman? And it's like, well, you, if you're gonna talk about any Batman performance, it's it's Kevin Conroy hands down. Yeah. You know, like there's no doubt about it. But then if you want to talk about movies, TV show, okay, we'll talk about that. But you know, like no, no, it's still Kevin live Conroy. action. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and that's what I thought is that they they should have actually let him put on the cowl and be like an old man Batman for like an episode. No, they did. They did that. He, he did that. Yeah, in the Arrowverse, oh, he, in, in the, the Arrowverse. Crisis okay. of Infinite Earths of oh, the Arrowverse, he? he is Kingdom Come Batman. We're gonna have. I'm gonna have to come back. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, that's right. Because the Kingdom Come Superman was um was uh the guy who was in Superman Returns. Yes. Um, okay. uh, Brandon Roth. Brandon Roth. Thank you very much. He, and, he's also okay. uh Adam in the Adam in that universe. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. So yeah, I, I watched all those shows up to like the third or fourth season, and I kind of just lost lost track of them, and it's really hard to get back on track without. Oh. There's, there's a, sh- a boatload of episodes. It's not yeah. easy. <laughs> no, it's not. So, so growing up, um, I was part of that generation that lived off of syndication of the old 60s and 70s show. So I grew nice. up with the 60s Batman mm-hmm. television show. But um, the, the, the Batman animated series, that was the first introduction for me to a way that I never knew Batman could be or was intended to be because I always thought Batman and Robin were like silly and goofy like the old show but I thought Kevin Conroy was just like so amazing as the Batman I thought that whole show was and so when he passed I was really really like it I think and again because you know what we find nostalgic now is like um you know like profitable or like part of like really part of mainstream pop culture but when he passed away um it really like that was something I was tr- honestly very sad about because it yeah. it does feel like a part of your um childhood 
mm-hmm. is forever gone. And I thought that was really because he affected so many people. Exactly. Because so was, he, and I'm not saying that the other artists, but I just personally, I'm not familiar with them. So no, 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 I'm familiar hard. with the other artists, but like, no, that that Kevin Conroy news like really hit mm-hmm. me. Like I was I was shocked by like how much like how how hurt I was from, you know, yeah. getting that news because yeah, no, he's the definitive Batman. Like mm-hmm. yeah. He's Batman in the best Batman video games. He's Batman in <laughs> yeah. all of that that universe of those cartoons. He mm-hmm. is the definitive Batman to me. And he plays both roles of Bruce Wayne and Batman yep. so well. And so young. I think what exactly. what was so tragic about it, you know, like yeah. Yeah. 66 is fairly young now. Absolutely. The, um, the thing is, is that in pictures, because the thing he, he, he remained, you know, we, I think we found out that it was cancer, right? Yes. That he was battling, but mm-hmm. he remained active. He was going to cons constantly, I guess, w- while not disclosing this illness. But like, I remember just looking at pictures and, you know, I, I you know, I follow him all over social and I was just uh-huh. like, wow, like Kevin Conroy, he doesn't look great. Like just, yeah. you know, in, in the Absolutely. past year and yeah. like he didn't announce anything so i just thought hey he's getting old you know yeah Yeah. uh, (laughs) go ahead well like kind of reminiscent when we were talking off air about chadwick boseman you know like he very much was like physically became physically altered and you know there was so much public speculation about like is he sick is he prepping for a role or whatever and he was having a a private battle with cancer Mm -hmm. and it's just you really never know what someone's going through. You know, you just, you, you, you can't ever guess it. So, exactly. so but, tragic. Um, but if, it, uh, if you feel like making Carrie cry later, Brian, on the uh, LTC <laughs> group on Facebook, the Laser Time uh, mm-hmm. group, somebody posted the uh, a clip from the episode of uh, Justice League with uh, Batman and Ace. And yes. like, I was watching it earlier and it almost broke me. I was just like, and, it's, mm-hmm. and I know the episode. I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. You're I'm not just so good. I'm not even so watching it, and my eyes just welled with yeah. tears. <laughs> um, I don't even know what you're referencing. I I I came across that clip um uh, at work, and I didn't have the sound on, and I knew exactly what clip clip it was, and I'm like, I'm not watching this right now because <laughs> I'm at yeah. work. No, I can't no, have the, the sound is on. This, is that we read these comic books, and and they're they're silly things, comic books, yeah. but. It, it's a twofold thing that it's a very dramatic scene, but like it's also a thing that like when you watch that that scene, you're like, of course that's what Batman would do because Batman's going to do the right thing. Batman's not shitty like the rest of us. No. Batman's <laughs> going to take care of this the right way, and, and you know, just with Kevin Conroy's voice and the context, it, yeah. it, it, it you know it hits you in the fields that much more. But it's just one of those scenes that like, yeah, like that's why these characters are good, like. You could yeah. do the thing now in two, 2022 eyes. It's like, oh, you know, if Bruce Wayne was so good, he's a billionaire. He should not be beating people up and donating social causes. But, like, that's not what we're Twitter. doing here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, he's just a, a dude trying to do the right thing in this very weird bat suit, man. Yeah. And, like, sometimes <laughs> that's cracking skulls. And sometimes, you know, it's just listening. Yeah. But yeah. fuck, is he, 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 he going to do the right thing every time? <laughs> and just the way that Kevin Conroy delivers it, like it just it oh it hits your soul, it's, man. Yeah, I mean, like to have that much humanity coming out of you know a guy wearing a bat cowl, you know, like that's that's insane. And um, well, I mean, I guess you were talking about like how he was like the best Batman and best Bruce Wayne. Um, and and did you know that? Well, for, well obviously he was the first person 
to do the two voice dichotomy of uh we know one voice for Bruce, one voice for uh for Batman. And um uh, and then that actually was what essentially got him the job. Um mm. when he tried out because he he came in there and he was like, Okay, am I reading a Bruce part or am I reading a Batman part? And he had two different like personalities huh. essentially for for both parts and like andrea romano and was like holy shit <laughs> like okay this is what we gotta do you know um yeah. and, and then also i mean like he out you know you want to talk about someone who kind of lived a you know kind of a, a life where not in the public i mean he was actually you know he was gay and it wasn't publicly known until about six months ago when he wrote that kind of autobiographical comic for the DC Pride issue. If you haven't read that either, that's definitely something to check oh, out. Oh, I need to. It's about it's about basically how he got the job. Um, and essentially the reason why he was so good at Batman was because he was so used to having two lives. Because like huh. in Hollywood, he had to be like, you know, pretend he was straight essentially to get jobs. So he was so used to having two lives that that's what kind of he channeled to, to do batman so it's pretty amazing. like i knew he was gay but i didn't know all that additional yeah. context yeah definitely i'm sure i have that issue i just haven't gotten around to reading it but i'll definitely give that a look it's and it's also on the dc app too if you have, yeah it's uh it's definitely there digitally too um but yeah okay well we do have just kind rest of... in peace kevin conroy yeah. carlos pacheco kevin o'neill just yeah. you know some of the greats <laughs> so we do kind of a, a somber episode. <laughs> if you haven't seen what our main topic is, and if you don't, if you're not familiar with it, our main topic is kind of a somber topic as well. And I'll and then my spotlight, which I won't get to yet, is kind of a somber topic as well. So um, why don't we go ahead and move on to spotlights and something a little bit lighter? Uh, Richard, why don't you go first? Oh, so this week for spotlight, I had a little, a bit of a holdover. From our Halloween season, I gave a look of uh, Chilling Adventures of Salem um, from uh, Archie. And it's by Cullen Bunn, Dan Schoening, uh, Ben Galvin, Matt Erms, and Jack Morelli. It's big creative team. Also, it has a, uh, a, a dope uh, variant cover by uh, Francesco uh, Francovia, which you can't have something spooky without a Francovia cover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this book is uh, about uh, the aforementioned Salem the Cat. Uh, you may, 90s sitcom fans may remember him from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the uh, <laughs> show with uh, Clarissa, Melissa Joan Hart. But yeah, in this book, uh, Salem's out here hunting hunting rats. He's just out here on a, you know, a creepy night hunting rats, but he's just doing it for sport. He kind of catches the rat, messes with it, and it's just kind of like, you're free to go. I'm not really going to fuck with you because Salem's neat. But as he's uh, out and about, he notices somebody, and it's a wizard. He's like, oh, or he's like, oh, that guy's obviously a sorcerer. I know a sorcerer when I see one. And he's noticing that the sorcerer is like focused on uh, signs that people are putting on their lamp, uh, like on uh, lamp posts for their lost pets. And he just finds it curious. <clears throat> but then he's attacked by a bunch of uh, animals, dogs, cats, frogs, birds that are like they they, they got glowing eyes. They're obviously possessed. And he gets captured and he's put in a little cage. And what he sees is that this sorcerer is uh, basically praying to his dark lord. His dark lord's name is uh, Abaddon. And he's <laughs> using it to like bring demons. And he's like, these animals are lost and forgotten and no one cares for them. You can, you can use them as a vessel to, to, to come into the, uh, the, 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 this realm or whatever. So he puts a demon and a dog. 
And it's just kind of like, I'm going to keep doing this to, for the glory of Abaddon. So once everyone goes to sleep, Salem's talking and they're like, they're like, hey, he's like, hey, I could talk too, but I'm not possessed like the rest of you. <laughs> and basically <laughs> Salem goes all completely like union organizer. And he's like, hey, aren't you guys powerful demons? Didn't you guys like run your hell realm? Is it fucked up that this guy kind of just puts you inside of a dog? And then the demons are just like, yeah, I don't love it. But also, you know, breaking these uh, like, you know, horrible, you know, like whatever pact with the devil lord that brought me here. Like, that's also really bad, too. So we're not going to do anything about it. So we fast forward to the next day. The guy tries to put a demon inside Salem, not realizing that Salem's like, hey, actually, no. There's already a soul in here, so your demon soul can't go in there. And basically, since you summon this demon and it has nowhere to go, you're probably pretty fucked. So <laughs> <clears throat> the demon soul just basically attacks the shit out of this guy for, like, breaking the contract, for, for summoning him there without a, a vessel to put him in. And the guy, you know, is able to kind of get away. But then, you know, that union organizing really worked because all the, uh, the prior demons that are there inside the uh, animals that are already on Earth, they all turn on this this gentleman and basically they attack him, but doing so breaks their contract. So they all basically get disintegrated, but they're just kind of like, yeah, whatever consequences we have in our hell dimension is better dealing with that than like, you know, living on our knees as like, you know, animal slaves for this loser. <laughs> and that's basically the whole book. It's just a fun little romp. You see dogs, dogs and cats being badass. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you can't go wrong with pets, you know. Even yeah, like they possess pets. It was a nice uh palate cleanser for me, but I really enjoyed it. But like yeah. nice little one, you know, nice little spooky one shot. Cool. I, yeah. So um I haven't got into the chilling like averse because I know it's not complete yet. And I'm, I'm like, I don't wanna like start reading it and then all of a sudden be like, okay, what now? You know, like, and it's been like six years since it started. So it's not like, oh, more than that. It's been you know, more like a decade. Oof, yeah. So there's, 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 it's not coming around for a little bit. I think there was an issue maybe like a year ago. Yeah. One came out recently, but I think um <laughs> the main person that writes the main book is I think uh Roberto. Gosh, I can't remember his name, but I think he's also a TV writer. So I oh, think okay. that's what happens. He just gets pulled yeah to, to to you know do his like day job exactly so but yeah it, it's definitely interesting and i definitely want to check it out and like these side books because like, there's one um i know that like madam satan is like one of the the witches in um the chilling adventures books and i know she has like her own solo miniseries too so i've been oh, like nice. yeah and like so it's like i'll eventually get to it and and also um okay so are you are you familiar with colin bun like are you like have you read a lot of his stuff so that that's the thing. So um, I have I've read a good amount of Color Bun. I can't say I read a, all of it. I haven't read. I've read most of his uh, big two stuff, and uh -huh. it's been very hit or miss for me. Some stuff I enjoyed, some of the stuff I completely okay. hated. This I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to yeah definitely check it out because I I kind of feel the same way. Um, and I think it's just probably you know like it's just what hits you and what doesn't hit you. You know, just like anything. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't mean but, it's bad. It doesn't I, mean, I think he's a yeah. quality writer, but like, yeah, he's been for my personal preference. It's been very hit or miss with him. Yeah, and I love horror comics. So and and he's like one of the prominent voices of horror right now, and so I definitely want to. I kind of want to dive in. I want. I want to know where to dive into, especially with the indie books. <laughs> but he, like he he definitely nailed this one. 
Oh yeah, I'll definitely check it out. And like, um, I've heard like Harrow County is pretty good too. So I might eventually maybe make you all read that with me. <laughs> so yeah, one of the, fair, as, fair enough. As a choice. All right. But yeah, I yeah, you got me sold. I want to check it out definitely. Very cool. Um. Okay. Well, so now it's time for my spotlight. Um. It's lonely at the center of the earth. It's not just a sentence. It's also the name of the book. It's an autobiographic novel by Zoe Thorogood. Uh, that name might sound familiar. Um, she's kind of one of the up and coming like talents in in comics. Um, when I say up and coming, I mean she's obviously already talented, um, but she's getting a name, and rightfully so. She did Rain, uh, which was that that Joe Hill, um, like the book that was was based on that Joe Hill like novella or short story. Um, and then she obviously did the um, impending blindness of Billy Scott uh, from uh, last year. We did a long time ago in a uh, one of the uh, previous iterations of this podcast. Uh, me and uh, one of the original hosts, Logan, did interview Zoe uh, when the impending blindness came out. And uh, that was actually pretty cool. Um, it's actually, this is not a biographic comic during that time. She actually kind of references interviews, and I feel like the question that she is talking about is a question we, at least us, asked. So I feel kind of bad because she's a very much an introverted person, and this is definitely an autobiographical account for an introvert, where um, it's not it's not necessarily about the interactions with other people's; it's the interactions with your own brain. Um, There's let me just uh, put out the warning as well. I'll actually read it in her words. In the beginning of the book, it says that this book includes person. This book includes personal discussion and depiction of suicide and self harm. While I hope this book may serve as comfort to some, its contents may be triggering. <clears throat> Make sure that you are in a comfortable place before reading, and remember that the sun always rises on a new day. Thank you. Hmm. So, yeah, That's um, a pretty trigger warning. Yeah, lots, lots of talk about suicide. Um, not really ever the act, obviously. But it's definitely a, a main topic of this story. Um, I'm a big fan of books um, that, you know, where the artist uses the medium. I've said that multiple times on here. Um, you know, there's a use of mixed media in this book. Um, this is definitely a story that cannot be told outside of comics. Um, there's, there's like a panel inserts of like, the word liar essentially like you could do that like in a movie but it wouldn't like have the same effect um her depiction of depression is this weird crazy monster that has this like insane face that looks like kind of like the sun from um that um that move that the the grim reaper anime the one that not the with all the grim reapers that's not death, death note. note not death note um the what with the the people are the sights they and then they, they they team up and they 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 harvest souls bleach not bleach i thought it was bleach too um but it has well this this anime has a crazy sun <laughs> and um in the and and like that's what kind of the face looks like um but um what's really cool as well so this is the story for 6 months like kind of like right after zoe got had uh, impending blindness published and this is kind of her life after this it's kind of a reflection on on releasing that art and it kind of like 
you know, in her brain was going to be like, you know, the be all end all, like, it's just gonna make everything feel better. Like once she got the story out, hmm. but you know, nothing ever really acts like that. And so it's kind of her dealing with that, dealing with family, dealing with kind of all of a sudden this popularity where she has to go to conventions and stuff like that. And she's not complaining about going to conventions, but she, you know, it's just more like, you know, she's kind of out of her element and has to deal with, you know, kind of uh, a new life essentially, but while also dealing with, you know, your old life. Um, one of my favorite things that she does in this book is um, whenever she's talking to somebody or whenever she's interacting with people where she feels where, you know, as the reader that she can't be herself and she has to put kind of a mask on. She literally has like a mask. It's like this, like kind of like simply drawn face. That's like a bald face that has like a smile and everything like that. And whenever she's by herself or whenever she's being like real to herself and like showing her real personality, it's her, she's actually draws her face. You know, like, so just stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> color goes in and out of this book and it kind of goes with the moods of everything. Um, it's just, and um, one of my favorite parts, and, and this is kind of a, a spoiler, but not really, is literally something that just she was expecting to happen to, to write about in the story doesn't happen. So she's like, well, I'm back at square one. And the book literally starts over again. You oh, get, that's you, interesting. You get the cover again. You get the little page in the beginning, you know, like uh, that you get on the second part of a graphic novel. Mm. You know, you, basically the book starts again. That's clever. <laughs> but then, yeah, so there's, a, and that's that's a good way to put it. It's, the book's extremely clever. It's, it's a, um, it's, it's somber. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a meaty read because it's like, there's a lot of emotions and like, if you've dealt with depression in your life, this is definitely a very relatable book. And she even talks about how, like, everyone tells her all her characters and stuff are relatable. And she's like, you know, and she's like, it kind of almost feels like it's a burden because, like, everyone kind of expects, you know, her to lead the way, essentially, huh. you know. And, like, everyone calls her, like, the next best thing in comics. And she's like, well, I don't want to be the next best thing in comics. You know, like, I want to just write and do what I want to do, you know. Like, I don't want this, this, you know, thing on my chest to, you know, that's going to like suffocate me because I can't like live up to this, uh, this ex expectation, but you know what she does, she lives up to the expectation. You know, you just wait, you know, you can never really tell someone that, you know, especially when they're dealing with, you know, everything that's kind of going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. But so, yeah, the book's really good. I'm, I'm absolutely 100% recommending it. I'm not, you know, we're we're kind of reading some like dark and like sad stuff lately for this podcast. So um, I'm not going to make you guys read it at least this season. I might choose it next season or the season after, um, after we kind of get some more, um, some, some other stuff in, you know, under our belts here. But yeah, um, I love this book. This is definitely my, my, at least my top three, top four of, um, of books this year, mm. you know, if not number one. We'll see. I think that's the conundrum of artists and like their art is that once you release it into the world, it's no longer yours, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because people take it and do with it and think of it what they will. So I'm wondering if maybe even on a subconscious level, if that's why um, artists tend to be like creative types tend to be kind of you know, for lack of a better 
word, like a little chemically imbalanced or like, you know, they, they feel things more greatly than like your average person. It's just, I just find that, you know, it's almost like these really tragic characters in real life create really beautiful art and really relatable art. You know, I mean, like, like when I think of something like that, I think of like Robin Williams, like someone who gave so much joy throughout his impersonations and throughout his career with like all this stuff. And yet he was suffering, like, even though he had like an actual disease, but that contributed to his mental um, health uh, in a bad way. But like, it's someone that makes something so wonderful for so many people and that they do relate to it. And then it's like, um, you know, privately they're suffering. So I always find that really interesting. Yeah, the cheers of the clown kind of thing, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But I'm 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 wondering, you know, just for um for this book too, you know, like yeah. I just I find that really interesting. It, it, I I won't read it. I mean I will literally when you put it <laughs> and you tell us that when we're doing it, I will back out of that episode. Sorry. <laughs> no, I no, don't no. want to read and, it. And, and, and I get it. You know, and like it is, like I said, it is it is kind of a a tough read, but it's a, definitely it's an important like read because, like, I mean, this is probably one of the most honest autobiographical comics I've ever read in my entire life, hmm. and so that's that. You know, like there's she does not paint herself, you know, either better or worse than what she actually is. You know, like mm-hmm. I, you, 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 there's 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 no <laughs> there's there's nothing like making her feel better you know nothing she's not painting her life as like this glorious and beautiful thing she you know and and it's 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 just great to see this honesty essentially cool and it and it's also helpful you know like for people going through stuff like this you know it's like nice to know that there's someone else you know that that's dealing with stuff like this you know and like if you're an introvert you don't ask people like are you depressed you know like you're you just contain everything inside you so, yeah, re- reading things like this definitely helps awesome. a lot. And I've said it before. I just appreciate that, like, we're in a space with the medium that, like, yeah, these type of, type of stories could be told here. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's a time that just, yeah, this comic book doesn't get made, even, you know, even by an indie publisher. So it's just, you know, these are important things. Like, and you don't know what story is going to speak to what person. So, like, mm-hmm. like people that are going through similar stuff i'm sure it's very helpful to just have this exist yeah absolutely and thinking back to the interview um she had mentioned overwatch and i asked her what her main was mm-hmm. um and uh, i think that was the the i think that was the, the best part of the interview like we like it was very nice and fun and natural um she was a, a fellow tank uh, person <laughs> um, i i believe it i'm Excuse my memory, but I believe she was a right heart main. Nice. Which is pretty cool. You know, um, me personally, I'm a Roadhog main. So always happy to meet other tanks out there. <laughs> um, well, speaking of tanks <laughs> and people who become tanks due to special magical objects, I guess it is time for our uh, main topic of our podcast, if you're all ready. And this was Richard's choice, but we are going to cover uh, God Country by Donnie Cates, Jeff Shaw, Jason Wordy, and John J. Hill from Image Comics. And I'll uh, pass the microphone over to 
to uh to Richard and it's yeah sorry if you couldn't tell we're doing our best um both Carrie and I are a little bit coffee today um, but uh we'll we'll you know apologies we're we're doing our best to not be too loud <laughs> but Richard go ahead if you want to continue with the uh with our main subject oh yeah no uh give a look at God Country uh by Donnie Cates and Jeff Shaw it's a darn good book <laughs> but again with the theme of this episode it is it's a bit heavy <laughs> so the book opens up with uh Roy Quinlan and his family his wife Janie his wife his uh daughter Dina and he's uh going up to see his dad because the sheriff called him in because his father is having an episode and what we find out is that his father has Alzheimer's and basically you know, he still lives on his own, but every now and again when he's, you know, in a worse space, he's, you know, verbally or physically attacking neighbors and friends. You know, he's a little disoriented. So the sheriff is basically imploring Rory to like, hey, like, you need to do something about this because I can't just keep coming here, not arresting him. Like, th this is an untenable situation, but Roy is against, like, putting his father in a home. And for Dina or for his wife Janie, this is becoming untenable because like their daughter is like young but old enough to like understand, you know, some of what's going on. So she's just like, We can't keep dealing with this. We can't keep exposing our daughter to this. Roy's kind of like, You're you're putting me in a tough spot because this is my dad. Like I don't want my dad at home. But like they're not in the position to take care of him themselves full time. Mm -hmm. So just as you know, this is <clears throat> Very serious story about Alzheimer's. What happened? A tornado with a demon arrives. <laughs> <laughs> That's very normal. Yes. And the demon tornado, it's like spitting out demons. One of the demons almost goes to attack Dina. And then she is saved by her grandfather. Because another thing that the uh, demon tornado spat out was a nice, big, glowing sword. And... <laughs> Boy, once uh, Emmett is the name of the father, once he gets a hold of this sword, he is lucid and he remembers everything. He's able to slay the demon. And for the first time in years, like he's in a great space. And, you know, Dita's very excited because now she has like a grandpa that she can interact with. Hmm. But we got trouble brewing because uh, there's a uh, a god uh, his name is Aristus, but he's a very, uh, he's God of War in this universe, but he's a very Ares type. Ares, Thor type of uh, God. So when uh, Aristus comes to Earth, he lets him know that uh, what the sword is, it's a sword called Galifax. Um, what did I call it? Galifax? Galifax. Isn't it Volfax? But Val, Val, Galifax. Galifax. Valifax. I'm sorry. As soon as it came it was... out of my mouth, I was just like, that is incorrect. You do not know how to read. It's a, as the person who messes up everything that he says, I'm I'm totally it's totally okay, man. I totally get it. I totally get it. But yeah, so the sword Valifax is like the all sword. Like basically, um Emmett asks as if it's Excalibur, and it's like, no, it's Excalibur. It's every basically monumental sword in history. Like, it is tied to Valifex. Like, Valifex is on various worlds, various places at all times, because it's like 
the power behind like all these great stories. Mm -hmm. And by holding it, Emmett has his full memory back. You know, he can remember his family. He's completely lucid. But Arista, <laughs> the God of War is basically a like my dad is uh, Atham and that's his sword and he forged it and he would like it back. But you mm -hmm. have to relinquish it because the sword has a mind of its own. Battlefax actually speaks on its own and basically it can only be wielded by the person that it chooses to be wielded by or mm -hmm. if that person relinquishes it. So the sword cannot be taken from him. Basically, they can only basically they can only menace Emmett to the point where he wants to relinquish the sword because like he is dumb powerful now. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. But what we end up seeing, um, because we're not gonna go through the whole thing throughout the narrative, is that <sighs> Emmett he's not really a fighter. He doesn't really like want to go to war with the sword. The war that he's really going through is within because he doesn't want to relinquish the sword because relinquishing the sword basically brings him back to his Alzheimer's. And he's just like, like I lived a long life. I was a good person. I want to be entitled to my memories. I need to be able to remember what my name is, who my son is, you know, that I have a granddaughter. Cause one of the big things is that he is completely unaware of Dina's existence before he has the, the sword. Like he he wasn't you know lucid for all that, and the the like the Dark Lord, the All Father, Atum. He kind of keeps sending uh, his uh, sons his way. He sends his other son, who's basically like the Lord of Death, Lord of the Underworld, to to go manipulate uh, Emmett into giving up the sword. He steals Dina and takes her to hell. Emmett follows behind. And then he uses his dead wife to tempt him and actually pretty much succeeds. It's kind mm -hmm. of the sword, Valfax, that kind of saves the day on that one. Yeah. But yeah, the yeah. what we find out about Atum, the the all the all father type god, is that he, you know, created a beautiful universe and he had many children. But what it is is that even with gods, everything was finite. So when it is time for his universe to come to an end. He didn't want to lend it, let it end. So he kind of like Emmett is someone that's kind of hanging on to something that is kind of the natural order of things. And they're both in their own way seem to be making their own lives and the lives around them and their family worse by mm -hmm. hanging on something where they should just be letting go because that's just kind of the natural order. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a very heavy book. It is. It's a, it's a very beautiful book, but it's a very heavy book. And one of the things in the book is that Roy and Emmett's uh, relationship, for the most part, it seems like it was complicated. Roy, uh, Emmett definitely seems to be a father from a different era, like an era that probably the three of us grew up in, where like part of a job's dad was to be distant and stoic. <laughs> yeah. And, and Roy just, it seems like, he just always feels like he didn't get enough love from his father. At one point, they're trying to have a heart-to-heart. -heart, and uh, Emmett tells Roy that his mother hugged him too much. <laughs> yeah, it's like, fuck I know. you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That was, that was like, 
Well, you know, when, when the character says the wrong thing at the, <laughs> at the wrong time, it's like, yeah, oh, come it, on, please. And it's shown in the art. Like, like yeah. he, yes. he knows that, oh, man, I, I stepped in it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. I'm sure he was kind of regretting having his his memories at that moment. No, no, no pretty <laughs> much immediately he yeah. regrets it. Yeah. Uh, so we we get a, a second show, uh, showdown with Aristus where he comes back to Earth. And basically him and uh, Emmett fight to a stalemate. But, you know, Emmett's like, you can't beat me. And But he's just like, this isn't going to end. He's like, well, don't you just relinquish the sword. Like, be with your family. Keep your family safe because my, my father's never going to stop this. Mm-hmm. So Emmett decides to go travel to where Atum is on their uh, home planet and face him there. But that, too, is a stalemate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And what we end up getting is two stubborn dying men that are fighting off dying. <laughs> but, like, dying is all that they have left. They live long lives, you know, whether it's through disease or old age, but their time has come. And literally, they're making their time for themselves, the time that they spend with their family, worse by hanging on. Exactly. And um, Atum, like, has no realization of this. He's just kind of like, he's on his own. He, he buys his own bullshit. He thinks he, he's right. But, you know, Emmett, you know, with Valvex, he 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 kind of understands. And what, seeing that this, uh, once this uh, battle is a stalemate, uh, Atum had sent to, like, basically cast a spell or something to keep Aristus there on, on Earth until he retrieved the sword. But now, you know, with his father's life, you know, his energy is not as strong. He's able to travel back to the home planet. He brings Roy with them. And basically each son is able to spend some time with their father as their father's dying. Mm-hmm. But the last thing that uh, Emmett does ask Valifax to do is that he's able to transfer his whole memory, his old being into Roy. So Roy could understand, like, you know, really get a grasp of his father. And it's actually pretty beautiful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Carrie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, we get a very sweet ending. Roy takes Valfax because he needs it to teleport back to Earth. But as soon as he returns to Earth, he has no interest in the power. He just throws it down, throws it away because all he wants is his family. Yeah. yeah. And kind of, yeah. basically, like, you know, the coda to the book is that this is not a book about a happy ending. This is a book about a story. And this is, you know, this is, I guess, in this uh, book's universe, what passes to things that happen to real people. But it feels like real life that sometimes there's not a triumphant ending. Sometimes there's not really a villain. Sometimes life is just fucked and it just kind of sucks. And, you know, we just part of just existing as human being is is managing what life throws at you the best that you can and doing right by, you know, the people that love you and the people that you love. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Very beautifully and- said. It's um, definitely a story about humanity and like, mm-hmm. you know, like choices. And I mean, that's one of the greatest things about like fiction is that you can you can tell your story that's hard to tell through a fantastical sword and gods, you know, like like that you're able to kind of use them as your you know your vassals essentially to or vessels um to um 
of uh, of of your story you know like and being able to kind of like figure out what you know you know the, the sad things the hard things to, to deal with because i mean emmett is at heart a selfish character but can you blame him <laughs> like would not anybody in that same situation choose what he chose you know right yeah I mean, I mean, when he puts it so bluntly, he's just like, don't I deserve to remember my own name? Like, exactly. remember my family? It's just like, yeah. Like, I feel like that's not asking for much from the universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the right of, of being a, a conscious human, you know, like, that's just as simple as that. Knowing who you are yourself. And unfortunately, that could be taken away. And that's re- re- really where the Heart of sadness is in this book, and the the visual. It, it took me a little bit to to realize the visual like um, interpretation of a tune's world, where it's literally just like a a crag, like a piece of land that's just floating through space that's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. crumbling away. Is exact is Emmett's memory. That's mm. the, the, those are those are attuned to each other. Essentially, a tune attuned to each other. A tune. Atten, um, he is also suffering from Alzheimer's in a way. His life, his world is crumbling around him as well, and and he's losing it. And that's what, unfortunately, you know, he reacts in a very different way than Emmett does. Well, and, yeah, he's pretty shitty. Yeah. The um, there's a scene in the book where uh, Atreus, the son, mm-hmm. is talking to Janie, the wife. And oh, when they're like tell- sitting on the porch, yeah, and he's telling her that like the um that everything will be fine, and she was like, "Well, how can you guarantee that?" And he's like, "You have an heir, like your story will be told. People yeah. will remember you." He's like, "We do not have that," and it's you know, and it kind of it kind of goes along the lines of this of thinking for like latin cultures who celebrate uh via de los muertos you know like we uh we have an ofrenda we have something where we honor our our past loved ones with pictures and their favorite things their favorite foods and it's to remember them it's to honor their spirit and in hopes that there's still further communication and it's it's really i think very interesting but it's also very like um i'm trying to say say it like poignantly and i can't it's like um very like startling when you think about like oh shit one day no one will remember me like no one will like at some point your your family lineage dies or you don't have kids you know and everybody forgets and i think yeah. that's and everybody forgets in some kind of capacity so i think that's what um I think that was the big theme for me for reading the book, and it was really sad. And I don't want to yeah. read sad things anymore. I'm kind of yeah. No, I guys. I'm a big, big, big fan of Donny Cates. Um, mm-hmm. I know this was his big breakout book, and I never got around to giving giving it a look. But I was not prepared for how big <laughs> this was. Like it's I was such a good reading, book. Like yeah. we we opened the show. It's an excellent book. Yes, it's a very very good book. But we opened the show with three obituaries. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's mm-hmm. political anxiety. There's a war. Um, across the over there in Ukraine, that uh, things just got really worse today on the day that we're recording because mm-hmm. like apparently some Russians. 
missiles uh-huh. killed a few people in Poland and yep. uh, treaty demands that there's action about that. So God only knows. But yeah, I really, I, I, I really appreciate the equality of this book. But I don't know if I was in the headspace to read something yeah. so somber and so poignant. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's like, oh, it's so poignant, so well done. None of that's lost on me, but it's just kind of like, oh, I really could have used something a little bit lighter this week. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I was, so there's a Donnie Case book that actually I think it's still coming out on um, this, this story. Um, it's a crossover, and he did it with Jeff mm-hmm. Shaw as well. One shout out to Jeff Shaw. Jeff Shaw's art is amazing in this book. Yeah, it's really and, good. It's and you and you read crossover and you see his art crossover. It's it's still great, but it's completely different. It's like oh yeah, like it just the art matches the stories, (laughs) you know. Like and that's what and that's amazing when an artist that you know can do that, you know. Like where where you're like oh like I can see this is the same artist, but wow, he's totally drawing differently because this is not the same story as the other (laughs) one. So crossover deals with a bunch of like comics you know kind of like coming to the real world i think i've talked about it before in the show at spotlight um it's really good um one of the things about one of the things that's in the story is valifax um Mm. and so i was introduced to valifax through crossover and i knew it was from god country and so (laughs) this is this is where i'm i'm kind of meandering around to the point but you were just talking about like kind of not being in the right mindset to to read something like this um i was i read the it's lonely at the center of the earth by the one that my spotlight right and i was like mm-hmm. oh you know what let's do something uplifting and fun because like you know valifax is a pretty cool sword and crossover <laughs> oh, no. for like something a little more uplifting i'm gonna read god country right now <laughs> Like oops. so, so at least it, at least me, um, uh, Carrie and I were coming in with no expectations, and then yeah. we found something somber. Whereas you were like, you sold the bill of goods. You're like, this sword's so neat in this other book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god, it's like like Valpex is a badass, in, 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 and it's welded by a badass character, and it's like, yeah. I mean, like, I was like, cool, like, this is gonna be like, a fun, like, let's go kick, like, the, the, the shit out of, like, gods, essentially. I <laughs> I did like how Valifax um, assigns themselves to no gender. Yeah. They were like, I'm a blade, not a, not yeah, a human. Exactly. I was like, oh, cool. Um, I love, there is a I also sense... like how Valifax has no time for anybody else's shit. Yes, yeah, Valifax. Except, except for the ones that, that Valifax is protecting, because there is a there is a tone of kindness. At least I read it as a tone of kindness when um when Valifax is protecting the family in the house. And, yes. and then and it's making all the other weapons. Oh yeah, up. all the knives. All that the was knives. Really yeah, cool. yeah. Um, like you can kind of like there's a there's a tone that I, you I, at least the way I read it. There's a tone in Valifax where he's being polite to um to to Emmett's. A daughter-in-law you know like, yeah uh, Janie. Yeah. Janie, yeah and and also the and dina she... and then like but like when, when he talks to dina and like totally freaks dina out about like being this immortal sword uh-huh. and then like i'm not good with children it's like he's like no shit no shit guy <laughs> so even the all-powerful immortal blade is like has flaws obviously i do think i'm gonna make a comic called god's country where it's gonna be about big tittied women in like a bar <laughs> I think that's what I wanted. I'd read that. I'd read it too. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Um, my choice is next week, um, and I already chose it, and it's not a sad book. It's a pretty good book. So, good. um, um, we'll we'll st- we'll steer away from the sadness for a little bit. <laughs> but you know, but I I hope those listening know that when we're saying, oh, it's a sad book, but and like just like the what Zoe Thorogood said, like in her, I don't even know. Intro, I, I want let, let's say this. I don't even know if it's a sad book as much as it's just a heavy book. It's a heavy, like it's yeah, just because it's like word. I mean, there's a lot of action in it. Like it's not oh no sad. Yeah. like the tone is just very very heavy. So, I so think, make sure you're in a good place. But I, it's a great book. I think <laughs> if you have an older parent, yeah, or an ailing yeah. parent it just strikes a different chord with you and mm-hmm. then it becomes sad. Yeah. Because when I was reading it, I was like, oh shit, Alzheimer's runs in my family. I saw my grandpa die from it. Yeah. Mm. So I totally get I'm, it. I'm not sure how old Donnie Keats was when he wrote this book. Yeah. But this is definitely so, a book written by like, in my opinion, like an older person. Who yeah. It, older it, it, I think he was maybe his early thirties. It was a, it's a book. Like, I guess he was probably working on it in 2016. So about six years ago. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely, I think if you have just more like, again, going back to the theme of being relatable, I think when you go back to that and you have a similar situation going on in your life where you've had it go on in your own family, like the book hits a little different. No, definitely. Yeah. That's why I thought it was sad and I cried a lot. Yeah. I I had, I was pretty teary through this book and also through uh, the previous book i read right before this book so so which one of you assholes chose stray dogs um i think it was richard that was me as well i know you hate me (laughs) (laughs) no pressure richard but maybe like (laughs) harry's gonna be in therapy she's like i co-host a podcast with this guy and i think he's trying to attack me psychologically with the books that he picked i don't think richard Richard likes me like cry In in, in, in in three weeks, Richard, you're gonna be like, let's do I kill giants. Oh my god. <laughs> well, no. I don't know what that is. Oh, trust me. If we're trying to stay away from sad books, that is a book we don't want to read right now. <laughs> it's a great book, don't get me wrong, but that's definitely not a not a happy book. <laughs> it's a heavy book. That definitely. I got you. Um kind of I'll say this um just about the the art in the book. Like I like we were saying before, oh, Jeff Shaw, just I mean a very like it hits the tone like his background like like when he's showing certain parts of texas like it looks super yeah. desolate there's so much mm-hmm. open space but then when he's doing like character moments the facial expressions are great when he's doing action scenes like they're super bombastic and intense mm-hmm. and um soon after that they did this it got them i guess the uh the gig uh to write thanos the thanos winds arc for mm-hmm. marvel Cool. And that is one of my favorite mainstream comic books of the last five to ten years. Like those six issues are fantastic. But I could definitely see if uh how someone at Marvel could read something like this. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, just give those guys something. Like, like we yeah. just make sure that we work with these people. Yeah, for that, sure. That was the introduction of Cosmic Ghostwriter, Ghost Rider, right? As yes. Well? Yeah. And I, I read I read his the Cosmic Ghost Rider solo stuff as well. That stuff was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, it was I really thought, fun. I yeah. thought the art was really good because you saw the exasperation in the family's faces. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know? No, no, I like Jade, like we were saying before, I think we got cut off, but Jade was so relatable. Because she's oh, like, yeah. yeah, I want to help your dad, but like not to the detriment of this whole family. Yeah. And this is sure. stressing all of us out, including you. So like we got to fix, you know. We got to fix this. There's yeah. a mention in, in like part of the story where, um, where the son's basically like my family, like, and then yeah. that's kind of where Emmett kind of comes to the realization that like 
oh shit you know like yeah like i know the the kids my my family but now i'm affecting his family you yeah know, like, yeah <laughs> so yeah um, and as as being a part of a family then you know me and carrie we're our family mm-hmm. but we also live with more family you know mm-hmm. but but our our core family is here with that between me and her mm-hmm. and so i do knew, i do understand like where it's like where the the fight the dynamic is like where yeah yeah it's you know we're even though like when i think of my family i think of carrie first yeah. but then we also have all the other family well, that we have to deal with i mean in a good you, way when you do tell your parent like my family and the first time they realize yeah. that they're not part of the family you're referring to it is difficult for them mm-hmm. to accept i've had that in the last few years with my own parents because yeah. i I mean, not obviously like that kind of conversation, but, you know, just in reference to Brian and I and they um, it, it, it even in the, in a great context, it, it takes them aback. They're like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. You know, so mm-hmm. when that happened in the book, that was really powerful because he even I think Emmett reiterates like your family and it's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, Brian, stop trying to steal those nice people's daughter. <laughs> oh, you oh, don't Jesus even know how Christ. close to home you are by saying that sometimes, sometimes <laughs> fortunately jokingly but you know every every joke kind of has a little modicum of truth to it you know but i do hear everyone's all you took my daughter away from me and brian's response is well i brought her back <laughs> yeah like, like he's, he's here right now like god damn <laughs> i i kept the receipt no i didn't just... you've actually said that to my yeah. before you monster i am a monster <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. If you were wondering how I deal with sadness by making stupid jokes, that's how they do. Yeah, it's um, an excellent book. Thank you for yeah. choosing it, Richard. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Oh, no, my pleasure. It was, it was <laughs> like I said, it was a really dope book to read. But man, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad we read it, and like, and I'm glad that, and and I loved it, and I enjoyed it. And this is going to be a book that I definitely recommend to other people to read, but um you know it's just yeah it's it's a heavy it's a heavy read and with everything kind of going on nowadays so i'll see it actually if if you guys are ready to to move on to the to the end of the show um why don't we all say something like we're all that you know kind of a good thing you know that we know about or happy that we're happy about that i'm happy about yeah I can start if you want. Okay, me to. yeah, please do. <laughs> Since I just came up with it, I'm yeah, making you guys sure. think about it. Um, Andor, the TV show uh, on on uh, about Star Wars. I'm a huge. Um, when it comes to Star Wars, I've always liked the movies, but for me, Star Wars to me has always been the comics and the books, and even the books that are no longer part of continuity. But it, that's just that's the version and style of of. Star Wars I've always enjoyed and Andor is that <laughs> it is has that same vibe there's no Jedi shit in this this is just you know <laughs> someone trying to get by and maybe does have the best morals and and scruples in life and but it's definitely you know like trying to live their life and unfortunately sometimes that means robbing the empire or or uh, killing somebody so <laughs> It's a it's a very good book. Uh, or, I'm sorry, very good show. Um, surprise, surprise! Annie Circus appears in the middle of the of the episodes, and Annie Circus is probably one of the most underrated actors because he usually does the the mocap 
stuff and like people don't really think about him about how well he has to be like acting kind of like like doug jones is another actor like that where people don't realize how much it takes to do stuff like that but then like andy circus was like in the first black panther movie as claw and he was great in that he's and then he's he needs an emmy like if if these shows are 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 uh emmy like nominatable then he needs an emmy for best supporting actor because he is there's like the episode that we just went through um this is recorded on tuesday so um the next episode hasn't come out yet but the 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 whole um crux of the um the second story arc of this of this uh series um it happens last happened last episode episode 10 and whoa like i was in tears because it was just like so much pressure building up in the last three episodes and then it's all released in that episode cool so very good i definitely recommend it if you're if for some reason you haven't read it or watch it because it's like oh you know like it doesn't have like you know luke skywalker or the jedi or sits and stuff like that trust me it's it's a very fantastically told story so good very stuff. cool so do you guys have anything do you want to well i turned into a dog once and those men helped me <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> all right I haven't even watched Ghostbusters 2 lately, so I don't know why I came up with that. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about things that, uh, that uh, you know, keep us positive. Hey, my football team's really good. And yeah, it's awesome. really weird because my football team is never good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, I listen to people that are Miami Dolphins fans, and they're like, oh, I just like watching Dolphins games because they're really fun to watch. And like stuff like that. No one's ever said that to me my adult life. And they're like, oh, yeah. Like, that's the cool, trendy team that people like to watch because <laughs> they're super fun. And that's I'm just awesome. like, I, I, like, I just keep laughing every Sunday because I'm like, like, this is exactly what I wanted, and I didn't know it'd feel this good. I thought it'd feel, I thought it'd feel really good to like just enjoy and root for a team that's like really awesome. But like now that I'm here, I'm like, holy shit! Like <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. That is, yeah, that is a wonderful feeling when that happens. <laughs> I, I definitely I agree. Um, um, I recently found out that scholastic book fairs are still alive and well in your local K through six schools Sweet. and. My kiddos, like, we've realized that all the teachers have mentally checked out already for Thanksgiving break because this oh. week all the kids are just having, like, a fucking barbecue, ice cream parties, scholastic book fair, and they are so pumped. And and I teach literacy at my program, so I'm really excited that they get the um, chance to participate in that because even if they don't get a lot of money they can at least still go get a couple little things and get to kind of feel like like that's what helped me like love to read because I'm a shopper I'm a consumer whore I always have been ever since I was a child <laughs> my most favorite childhood story my parents gave me a blank check for the scholastic book fair when I was in the third grade wow they did not tell me a price if they did I ignored it I spent $100 on books and posters. Wow. And, with, and that's like in 1993 money. And also discounted because it's the book fair. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But I spent, and that cashier was happy to oh, yeah. get me <laughs> to, to give them a blank check. But um, 
yeah, my parents never did that again. But like, it was such an exhilarating thing. And I really enjoyed it. So I hope that my kiddos when they go and are able to participate that they learn to love that, you know, that books can be kind of fun too. I, I the kids that we work with, um, a lot of them are lower socioeconomic. So um, like I have some kids who are in the fifth and sixth grade who are just going to go on their first airplane trip, um, you know, oh, this wow. Thanksgiving break. So it's a it's a big deal. So I'm I'm excited for them to kind of have that classic childhood experience of the book fair. Oh no, I loved the book fair when I was a kid. So I totally get it. You, when you were talking about it, it brought up a specific memory of like the day that your parent would give you money to buy at the book oh, fair. Yeah. And then you get all your stuff, but then the book fair wasn't over. So sometimes, you know, the teacher would take you back to the book fair like a a day or two later. Uh-huh. And but like you don't have any money or like or if you were me, you're like, all right, I didn't eat lunch today. So I only mm-hmm. have so much money. And like, what of the things that I couldn't get before do I have enough for? Like, mm-hmm. I know book fair, every book fair, like K through six, I definitely got a joke book because they were like always 99 cents. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I got a, got a poster mm-hmm. and then um, got another book. I know for a fact, uh, Brian, that uh, through, I don't know if it's at the book fair, but in the Scholastic, the very the regular pamphlet that you would get throughout the year, mm-hmm. they would regularly have Pride of the X-Men on VHS, but I could never get my mom. It was 10 bucks. And my mom was just like, no. No. That's so funny. <laughs> Not a book. <laughs> well, I got the, um, I got scary stories to tell in the dark yeah. at the Scholastic nice. book fair. And I specifically got one book each book fair. And that was a big deal. Okay. I still have those copies floating somewhere. They're precious to me. Okay, you you all, if you guys don't know, um, anyone listening, if you can email me to let me know what this is. But when I used to pick up at the book fairs, there were drawing books and they were like color themed. And like, oh, cool. they were like, it was like, like the, there was like a purple book and everything in the book that like it would teach you to draw were purple things. Oh, and, fun. And there were like, a, there was like a blue book and like, yeah, it was, I, if you all remember that, the so eggplants and Barney. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of anything else that's purple. Yeah, but yeah, but like like grapes and oh, yeah. yes, Prince. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, we we did we just did the symbol for Prince. Like just there you go. Um, he was just the symbol at the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, oh, and also your your book fair uh, your book fair purchase had to have at least two bookmarks. Yep. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I still buy bookmarks all the time. They're my favorite thing to buy. Mm-hmm. And like pencils, like fun pencils and pencils. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Um, I, are you kidding me? I went through the pamphlet that the kiddos got and I was like, oh, that's a cool book. That, and they're like, do you want us to buy you something? I'm like, no, I just really love the Scholastic <laughs> Book Fair. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Yeah. Getting carried away. Hey, but there's like a few things that like we as like an American society have nailed. Like the Scholastic Book Fair is one of them. Those like plants. Mm-hmm. It's like you know just encouraging yeah. people to read. Like yeah. Sesame Street's another one. Like anytime I see yeah. Sesame Street, I was just like, hey, we got this one right. Like yeah. 50 years ago. Like we didn't yeah. fuck this up. Like yeah. in a much more racist, homophobic America, they're like, nope, nope, we nailed it on this one, and it's gonna change on the times, and mm-hmm. it's gonna make us all better just for existing. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And like that's how I feel about the book. It's just like Nope, nope, this is awesome. (laughs) And it's not just Lamborghini posters. No, (laughs) our cat posters. (laughs) I had uh, I had Bigfoot, the the monster truck. Nice, yes, (laughs) that's awesome. I love it. Um, Yeah, 
that's a that's a this is a really good thought I'm, I, I, the, the, let's yeah. stop right here like this is yeah. the positive as the episode's Absolutely. been Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. well i you know which is funny because we all read things that we loved you know like it's just yeah that happens but uh yeah book fairs are awesome you're all awesome everyone who's still re- listening to us at this moment <laughs> you're my favorite people yes anyone who stopped listening you can't hear me but you guys <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> all right well we have reached the end of the uh comics is our better podcast and uh thank you everyone for listening to the show you know support us by telling someone else to listen to the show you know that that's the best way to support us and it doesn't cost anything no time no money or anything just tell someone else um instagram uh twitter for now good pod <laughs> cdb pod um book clubbers friday we're gonna tell you what book we're reading next which i already know what it is but i'm gonna keep it away from you all <laughs> but i hope you guys enjoy it um emails comments are better at gmail.com and richard where can we find you on the internet um i'm at tap pet 360 all over the internet i'm a, i'm staying to twitter till the end yeah. i will be nice. there and i will watch it burn i will bring out my little fiddle it'll be <laughs> a uh a uh nero pastiche is what i'll be doing nice <laughs> very cool and i'm at uh Bridget underscore cv and like i always say if you want to reach out to carrie um best way is through our email address the uh, comments are better at gmail.com so all for richard and for carrie i'm brian we're all lovely hosts of this podcast mm-hmm. and this has been the comments are better podcast remember that comics are better and everyone deserves comics bye Bye. Bye. Yay. So, yeah, like, um, did Johnny fart? Um, our dog wanted to fart it right now. Yeah, it's really oh. fucking sink over here. Uh, Thank God. Thanks after his father, me. Uh, okay, <laughs> anyways.